0: should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. We're bringing back morning basketball talk to the game. Bro, what are you talking about, man? From the PacWest Center in downtown Portland, the game presents... You cool, man? Rip City Wake and Take. That's cute, man. That's cute. Now your hosts, alongside Jake Liss, here's Alex Moore. Yeah, yeah. Welcome in to a May twenty fourth edition of the Rip City Wake and Take. As Jake Gliss turns the volume down in his headphones because I was coming in a little too hot there, huh, Gliss? No, you're fine. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure. It's another off season edition of the Rip City Wake and Take. And today on the show, I have one topic for everyone, and it's been the topic that has been dominating the basketball world of late, at least for me. And it's Gliss. The ba- basketball is boring. It is basketball boring. is boring. And I, if you know me, I am the biggest supporter of basketball. It's, I always say it's the number one sport. It's the best sport. It's got the most action. It's the most exciting. There's always someone, you know, something's going on in the court always. Like you can talk about soccer or football. They have these slow moments, right? Soccer, you know, the team's passing it back and forth, not necessarily in a goal-scoring opportunity. Football, it's a four-hour game and you get, what, like eight minutes of action or something like that. And basketball doesn't have either of those things. Always the team has an opportunity to score, balls going back and forth in the court between offense and defense, the team switching sides constantly, and it's got all this excitement. And yet, the conference finals are going on in the NBA right now, and it's hard for me to sit down and watch a whole game without, yesterday or the other day, I'm watching the Celtics-Cavs series and I have a book out. And I was reading a book during the ser- during with the game on.
1: Oh, you've been watching the games? No, I was reading. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have barely had the games on. Yeah, so. so you're even
0: farther behind me. I at least I had the game on, but I had a book in front of my face. So, Glitz, today on the show, I want to talk about whether or not there is a solution to this. And before we hit that, we got to hit on what the problem is. And I think you and I both agree on what the problem is. I don't know if we'll agree on the solution. But the problem is the evolution of the NBA Super Team. Now, the Super Team has always existed, right? To an There's extent. All, in yes. the eighties, it was really you know you had these Celtics teams and these Lakers teams that had all these stars conglomerating on one team, right? Right. You're more you more know more about eighties basketball than I do, I think. But that that is to an extent that's true, correct? I, I would say. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a little older than you. Just a little bit, but we're both millennials, though. So. And and now that happened. That's happened recently. Of course you had the Celtics in 2008. That was like the big super team that I got to know watching basketball is like when, when the all three of the uh, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett got together and then they won a championship because they all got together. Then you had LeBron going to Miami and now you have two teams that are virtually unbeatable in a seven-game series unless they're playing each other. Yep. And, and it uh, comes to the Golden State Warriors, yep. who added an MVP after they won 73 games in a season. They added an MVP. And then... The, the
1: Phoenix Ca- Suns. The Cavaliers. Oh. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> close. The Cavaliers, who are a little bit more traditional in the sense, but, I mean... They had Kyrie Irving and a number 1 pick and then LeBron came and then they traded the number 1 pick for Kevin Love who was a guy who had a 30-30 game in Minnesota, right? Absolutely. So I mean he's 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 a superstar. He's definitely a superstar. So but they have the three guys. The super team is kind of defined by this three person or this three superstars on one squad, right? You got three you have the point guard, the the big guy, obviously the Warriors have basically three guards in Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. And then they also have Draymond Green. But then the Cavs have Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James. They also have Tristan Thompson, J.R. Swish. So all these super teams are making the NBA hard to watch for me now. I'm a huge NBA fan. Even if I wasn't working at a radio a sports radio station, I would be watching all these conference finals games. But even with me working at a sports station, it's hard for me to watch them. So, Gliss, we agree on the we agree on the problem, right? You haven't been, have how, what's your relationship with this playoffs been? Have you been
1: well, I I've been mostly checked out. I mean, okay. you know, there's there's been some intriguing storylines, I guess Isaiah Thomas was probably Kind of the main one, yeah. Uh, obviously, he's hurt now, and it doesn't really matter because they were going to lose anyways. Uh, but yeah, I I have not been invested in the playoffs. I paid attention. Um, you know, it's part of my job, so I obviously know what's going on. But well, this
0: produces the Bob Face Truth. either at one two nine in the game, twelve <laughs> to three every weekday.
1: Yeah. Also, yeah. In, on now on in Eugene. Too. Oh
0: yeah, now on in Eugene and yeah. a podcast. That's, That's right. right. So it's everywhere. everywhere. It's everywhere.
1: Um, so you know, I. Obviously, I've been paying attention and you know, I have the games on a lot of the time, but yeah. it's, it, I'm not, you know, sitting there watching with the same interest level that I usually would. Now, the only thing I would say is, and we talked about this on the bald faced truth today, actually, is that ultimately we're really going to get what we want. It's just a, you know, it's a pain in the ass that we have to sit through all, I mean, the East. Has just been, uh, I mean, almost I can't unwatchable. A prob- I kind of have a problem with that. Get what we want? Well, I mean, it, we get what we want in the sense you that want Cavs, Warriors, we're going to get the best team. Yeah. If you would have asked me in the middle of the season, I wouldn't have said like, "Oh, yeah, I would love to see the Cavs and Warriors again." But I think we all knew that's where it was headed. Okay. And and ultimately, if your team's not in it, we do want to see the two best teams playing each other, don't we? Yeah. I mean, I think I we agree. can agree on that. The disappointing part of that. And and I think that is, you know, it's going to be a great NBA Finals, just like it was last season. But on the flip side, obviously, there's a lot of teams, in fact, all except two, that literally have no chance to compete in the NBA. Sure. And I think that is... You know, we've had several guests on the BFT this week kind of talk about that. Ben Gulliver, uh, Jeremy Wu from Sports Illustrated. We've had several people kind of comment on this. Yep. And there might not be a way to really fix it, but I think it is a problem, and it's a big problem because other, you know, those casual NBA fans and fans of other teams, how can you not check out to an extent when you already know what to expect? I mean, we could have. you could go back six months, and we, everybody probably knew in the back of their mind that hey, we don't even need to watch a single NBA game this season because fast forward to June 9th, <laughs> or June June first, June first. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, fast forward to June first, and you know there you go. It's the Cavs yeah. and the Warriors, and that's it. And we could have completely ignored the rest of the NBA season. And I think if everybody was being honest. That's where we knew it was going to end up, and that's where it's going to end up. And it's going to end up there with the journey along the way being very, very, very boring, mediocre at best. I mean, I was joking with our board op Curtis today. I was like, you know, Boston ruined it. Like, Because at this point, I just want that series to be over with. I don't even want to watch it anymore. So the fact that they won on a buzzer beater kind of pissed me off because I'm like... Oh, we gotta sit through another game of this. Just give me the NBA finals already. Let's just get to the you know, to what we all knew was coming. Yeah. And you know, there is that to look forward to, but again, it's not good for the NBA overall when you have four all stars on one team and then on the other side you have three all stars and all the other teams have you know, essentially no shot to win anything. So, okay,
0: Gliss, let me let me pick apart you everything you just said there for a second. So at the beginning, you were, all, you were talking about how, you know, everyone's going to get what they want kind of thing, which is the two best teams playing in the NBA, right? Right. But, and that is true. I agree with you on that. But the, the, on the flip side of that, I don't necessarily think that's what I want in the fact that I do want the two best teams to play each other, but I don't want the two best teams to be predetermined before the season starts or before the playoffs start or before the finals start. Like, that shouldn't be predetermined
1: and that's until, a very good way to, until the series are over, right? Yeah, and that's a perfect way of kind of summing up exactly what, what it, the what problem is. What I was is. getting at, yeah. yes. So, now, how we fix it, that's
0: kind of up in the air as to what the NBA can do as far as restrictions on how what players can go to what team like it doesn't really seem like they can delve into that area because that's kind of waters that you don't want to go into right because then you're getting you're starting to mess with free agency and what rights players have as far as joining teams um but it's really concerning to me the kind of rhetoric that would be oh let's just let's also just move on to this to the finals right because This will be the third time in a row these teams have played each other in the finals. And I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but I don't know when that's ever happened in the history of North American sports. I mean, has that ever happened? I know like the Bills made it to the Super Bowl like four times in a row or something, but I don't think they played the same team. No, they didn't play the
1: same team. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it's two teams that are just that are playing each other again,
0: again and again. Yeah. And not only that. You're coming from the West, where okay, Golden State hasn't dominated the Western Conference every year, but they dominated dominated it this year. And then on the East, the opposite side, LeBron has dominated the East for the last seven years. Well, yeah, he hasn't I mean, had there. Another team hasn't had a chance of getting out of the East while he's been battling there. So the problem exists on both on both sides too of uh, both conferences. It's one team's going to get there. This team's going to get there and they're not going to be battled by anyone. Even the last year when the Warriors were battled by a team, the star from that team decided to go join them. So yeah. there's it's just it's such a big problem and I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if anyone's even thrown out any answers to what the solution is, but what it's causing for me is the fact that I don't get excited watching basketball anymore. And I will say this: I'm not excited to watch the finals. I'm not, and it's not because it, it's it's going to be exciting, and it's no one really knows what's going to happen. And the Warriors going in, and this LeBron and the Cavs team that has played so well in this playoffs, except for slipping up just now, going at each other is going to be fun. But people also forget last year's finals was six games of blowouts. Yeah, until game seven was this tremendous game, such a such an exciting, intense game that was close. But even even game seven, there was like four or five minutes in the fourth quarter where no team scored. You know, it's like all this stuff, all the the quality of basketball is lessening. And what the quality is getting better at is our ability for me and you to talk about. Right. It's mean it's easier for the media to talk about storylines in basketball than it is for us to talk about the actual game itself because the games are boring. They're not fun. They're not exciting. There's nothing to talk about while the game's happening. Afterwards, it's like, what's going to happen in the next game now that this team blow out this team? Well, the other team's going to blow out the other team until you eventually get to a point where it's game seven. And what happens in game seven, especially in basketball, teams get afraid to shoot the ball because it's such high pressure basketball. And that's why the Warriors faltered last year in game seven, because it's so intense that teams usually don't shoot that well from three or shoot that well from the outside in general and the, and the quality of the basketball is, is less. So it's, it's affecting a wide spectrum of things that I see in the NBA world. And it's just making me less and less excited to watch the sport.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I agree with you for the most part. (laughs) I, I, I will be looking forward to the finals just because I, you know, we've gotten to this point. So it's like, you knew it was coming. I want to see what happens. I I want to see LeBron LeBron versus Durant, which, you know, it pisses me off that Durant's even there in the first place. You know, maybe one of the weakest moves in sports if you ask me personally. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it is what it is. We're going to get the two best teams. And that's the one kind of saving grace for me for this season is to see what happens with those two teams. But I completely agree with you in terms of just the overall product. It's a problem yeah. in the NFL. You don't know who's going to win in baseball. You know it can be the hottest team in in the NHL. Even they, you know the who was it? Nashville just got into their first fi- uh, Stanley Cup final. Yeah, the product's better. It's more exciting. They have you more don't parity in every other sport. You um, don't know what's coming. And and I will say this. Uh, I believe it was Jeremy Wu who said this yesterday on the BFT that this, the Warriors are somewhat of a unique situation um, because teams aren't going to be able to afford all of those guys. So, and I actually, my uh, brother-in-law from California, he was up this weekend uh, visiting and he's a huge Warriors fan. And he was asking me what he thinks is going to happen with, with Steph Curry and he was saying, you know, if I'm him, I'm looking at the money, period. You he's, know, he's, he's, he's dealt with injuries. Max. He's dealt with injuries. He's won. And if you look at what he's given the franchise compared to the money he makes... He does not make that much money. Yeah, he has a really, really, really cheap small contract. contract. He's going to get a max two hundred million dollar deal for so, sure. So I mean, so that's one sure. thing to look at. Is the Warriors will have des- some decisions to make. Coming Durant, up. Durant will most likely opt
0: out too, and he'll ask for a max as well. And Absolutely. if you just count those two players, that's over seventy million in contract money with just those two guys. And they also only have five P- five players on contracts for next year, so they have to resign a lot of people. The thing is though. They're also going to get a lot of vets on minim, minimum deals who are ring chasers, for sure. like David West. These guys are going to come, and that, and that's how they're going to fill spots, too. So as long as they keep their core, they'll be fine. Um, I, I so, do think they'll have decisions to make, though.
1: I, I sure. Can you keep Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry together for an extended period of time? I... I still don't really buy it. All max players. I don't know that because, again, at some point, I I understand the idea that they are a very tight group and that they're all about winning. They have that championship swagger of like, hey, we're a unit. We're doing this together. We're going to stick together. It's easy to say that. But, again, Steph Curry, let's not forget, he started out his career with a lot of injury problems. Yeah. He's ankle problem has a small frame. Um, His, his father dealt with injury problems in his career. At some point he hasn't got, he hasn't made a big contract yet. You know, he's been one of the best players in the league for the last several years. And he has not been rewarded for that. And at some point I think he's going to have to look at, you know, I think at some point in the middle of your career, you have to start thinking about those things a little harder What's most important? So, Obviously winning's important, but if it came down to making more money and yeah. cashing in that one time mm-hmm. where you're going to get that one big contract.
0: Yeah. I think there's no doubt about it. Of yeah. course he
1: is. Because, I mean, again, if the Warriors are like, "Ah, give us a little bit of a discount and the New York Knicks are like, wait a minute, yeah, we're going to give you all the money you want. Just mm. tell us, you know, tell us, here's the contract. We'll give you a lot of money to come to this dumpster fire. <laughs> right. But again, but, it's something that so he's going to have to consider. You're saying this is only a one or two year thing. I don't know. I I think it's it yet to be. be seen, but I don't I am not totally buying into the fact that they can keep all four of those guys together. Yeah uh for a long period of time. They've already been together for what, 3 4 years? Yeah. This I mean if you if you're talking about the core group of Thompson, Draymond Green and Steph Curry, kind of the the mainstays, I I don't know that they can keep all three of those guys and Kevin Durant, one of the probably two best players in the world, all on the same roster for a long period of time. Yeah.
0: And Gliss, I guess as we kind of wrap things up here, my comments on the finals and not necessarily being exciting to watch them. Maybe I want to backtrack a little bit. And of course I'm excited to watch finals basketball. I always will be, even if the Cavs and Warriors play for the next five years in a row, I'll still be excited to watch it. But what I am saying is it's more of a guilty pleasure. I'll say yeah. that it's more of a, yeah, I really like watching basketball, but there's uh, part of these, you that doesn't want to watch this. <laughs> right? This is really gross. Yeah. And I'm so like, I don't, and it's more so because being someone who watches the Blazers and being from Portland, it basically means that the Blazers will never have a chance to win a finals in the foreseeable future. Yeah. Because these two teams...
1: And there's about 28 dominant. other
0: teams that are right there along and with them. Both <laughs> of them getting giant free agent signings at the small forward position where they're able to just dominate the league. Yeah. And the Warriors, the first team in NBA history to go 12-0 in the... In the Playoffs, yeah, and that's just absurd that they were able to do that through the entire Western Conference. Now you're looking at the port at the Blazers series; it looks a lot better. Oh yeah, I mean they put up four tough games, which is more than Utah can say, yeah, and more than a hobbled Lamarcus Aldridge led <laughs> Spurs team can say too. So,
1: and and just uh, to kind of further your point about how bad it's been, um, I you know part of my day-to-day job is pulling up statistics and stuff and you know there's been some crazy stuff out there some of the the margins of victory yeah it's like 17 points a game the Warriors haven't won wa- haven't won lost one game. In the last 27 games. Yeah. That's absurd. It's and not good for the league. Also, uh, just to shout out to Reddit
0: RMBA, Clay Thompson signed a man's toaster. I don't know if you remember this story, but a guy brought his toaster to an autographing event. Clay Thompson signed it. Nice. Since that day, the Warriors have not lost. I believe there they're 17-0 and 0 or something like that since that's happened, or probably more than that. Maybe, Maybe it is the 27 actually number. So just weird stuff's going on. Warriors look unbeatable. Even it, with this Cavs slip up too, it looks even more difficult for them to be able to beat this Warriors team four times out of seven games. When they haven't lost in 27, you have to beat them four out of seven? That's insane. So that series is going to be crazy. Of course, we'll keep you updated here at the Ripsity take at 1029 The Game. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We don't post as much since the offseason is going right now, but hopefully me and Gliss will be able to get in here more and talk about this final series that's upcoming and comment on... How upset it, it makes us, but maybe how good a quality the basketball is. Hopefully, at least, we'll be able to say that. Let's hope for seven games of good finals action between the Warriors and Cavs, even though the Cavs haven't closed out the Celtics yet. I'm sure they will soon. All right. This has been an episode of the Rip City and Take. iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook. Check us out all there. Stay woke.